Hey, good morning, RCC. Welcome to church. I'm going to try not to fall off here, but uh, hey, we are live from RCC, from the sanctuary, and so we're going to do announcements this morning. We have worship here. We are social distance the best we can. Um, face masks are welcome, but not required. Uh, when we reopen, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But hey, thanks for being here. We're just grateful that you tuned in and are part of what God is doing here. And uh, it is Sunday, Sunday. So we're going to try to keep, we're going to try, I say not we, I am going to try to keep things shorter this morning so you can get in your cars and drive here. The smell of popcorn. Close your eyes, close your eyes and see if you can smell it at home. I can smell it, and I'm starving now. So the smell of popcorn's in the house. Uh, ice cream is going to be prepared. It's going to be really fun. So we invite you to come right after church, get in your cars, drive up here. Take a minute this morning and invite somebody to church. Text them, call them, email them, instant message them, Instagram them, tweet them. Did I leave any out? I think that's most of them. So, yeah, do that. Invite somebody to church this morning. Have them tune in. We are hoping to reopen as soon as we can. We are in preparation of that. Uh, getting our posters on the wall. Getting all our cleaning supplies. I even have out there right now a little basket of gloves and face masks. And so we are preparing for reopening. Just to let you know that when we do reopen, we want to, we're going to do it with wisdom. And what we're going to do is we're going to have two services. So 9 o'clock. And 1045, and that way we can kind of keep our numbers down inside the sanctuary. We've removed some chairs and moved things around. And so we're really excited about that. You will receive an email when we're going to reopen. I know email, someone told me this week, email is old. But that's why right now is one of the best ways we can communicate. So we're going to do that. We'll send you an email. You have the option to sign up on which service you and your family want to come to. And it's just going to be great. It's going to be so good to get together. We are watching. Soon as... King County hits phase two, or maybe 1.75, or maybe 1.99, whatever it is, they say we can, we will meet. But today we're going to get a little taste, literally a taste, of popcorn and ice cream together. We can gather outside, you'll be able to pull in, grab your ice cream, you'll just drive in the driveway, go through the line, and then you can park and we can kind of hang out and say hi to each other. So I'm looking forward to seeing you. Uh, that's going to be happening we're studying the early church in the book of Acts, so this is your opportunity to grab your Bibles. For a few of you in the house, um, I see that you brought your Bibles. Um, the Bibles in the back have not been sanitized yet. They will. We will dip them in hand sanitizer and then have to buy new ones. So, um, so yeah, they're not, hand san they're not sanitized yet, but we're, we're working on all those things. We're even going to sanitize the pins. Yeah, figure that out. Um, okay. Um, hey, the church, so grab your Bibles. We're in Acts this morning. We're actually going to be in Acts chapter 4. And the, I just want to say right out of the gate that the early church, and they were serious about their faith. I mean, they were really serious about their faith. And I'm just looking at the clock right now. Is that the real time? Is it really only about 17 after the hour? Wow. I've got way too much time this morning. That's what you think. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep things short. I actually cut my message, believe it or not. I was telling Pastor Marcy. I cut it like in half this morning to give you time to get in your cars and drive here to have either popcorn or ice cream or both. 
Eric, do we have a poll out right now? Do we have a... So far, we have a little poll that's going to be popping up on Facebook right now. And so uh, I heard that it's 63% so far is choosing ice cream over popcorn. I would have to, ah, it's a tough choice. It's a tough choice. For the very few of you in the house, raise your hand. If, are you ice cream? If you had to choose ice cream or popcorn. So ice cream, raise your hand. Well, someone said put popcorn in my ice cream. No, we're going to make you choose. Life is full of choices. So I have ice cream. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven ice creams and popcorn. I'm a popcorn. So we only have four. So I, so I guess that's, uh, so yeah, that is, that's, that's a good percentage of ice cream people. Well, awesome because Pastor Marcy made a ton of popcorn. So that means I'll have some popcorn. It's going to be good. Hey, we are in Acts. My Bible is like almost opening up. It always opens to John chapter 21, which is the page right before Acts. So we're in Acts chapter 4 this morning. But, you know, I want to talk about how the early church was so serious about just about their faith. And I just feel like God is calling us right now as the church to get serious about our faith. And I just want to do a couple shout outs this morning um, it, I heard there's a lot of birthdays floating around today. Today is actually uh, June 14th. It's Flag Day. And so I know when um, Cleo was growing up, it's her, Cleo's brother, Rob, it's his birthday. And um, Cleo's mom would always tell her brother, hey, they put all the flags out today for your birthday. And uh, of course, when you're a kid, you believe everything your parents say, right? Well, we're going to talk about that next week. But uh, so he always thought, hey, but it's flag day. It's, so it's flag day. So the flags are up, but it's also a lot of birthdays. So um, Rob, if you're watching, it's a happy birthday. Uh, Pastor Pam, it's Pastor Pam's birthday. I think they're away on a little trip. And so happy birthday to you. And then it's my buddy's, uh, Doug Ellis's birthday as well. So um, it's actually today. So if you get a chance, send Pastor Pam a uh, happy birthday text. Send uh, Doug Ellis a uh, happy birthday a message. That'd be really cool. I also want to just, before we jump into Acts, I just want to say when we start talking about serious faith, um, it was really cool this week. I was, it was Friday, so Friday's kind of just let you in on my life a little bit. Um, Friday is my sermon day where I kind of sit down and, and try to shut out everything around me. Impossible. But um, I try to do that and just really just get in the Word and really just spend time listening and, and writing. And, and, uh, but it was, I saw, heard a knock on the door, and uh, it was Alex and Pam, Pastors Alex and Pam. And they were getting ready to head to Cannon Beach, but Pam had popped in early in the week and saw all the stuff that is happening here in the church. And she wanted to bring Alex, and she went home and told him, and he was so giddy about it. They drove up here to just see everything that was going on before they headed to Cannon Beach. It was actually the wrong direction, but they were so excited. Um, and so they came up, and we walked out into the, uh, the modular, and they saw all the painting that's happening in the, on the doors, and so they saw the big TV out there, and then they saw the room that Ashley's been the under the water. What are we calling that room? Under the sea. Under the sea. Oh, it's like the under the sea dance from... Uh, 
Back to the Future, okay. So under the sea, I just ruined that room forever. But uh, so it's, it's really cool. It's like you're underwater. Uh, it's a really neat room. And then they saw the building outside and the, how Krista's team has painted the whole outside of the building. Uh, Ishmael and his buddy Raul did all the high, really super high stuff. And, and uh, I just didn't watch. I prayed, but I didn't watch. And then, um, you know, the Ellis's have been here painting. I don't know if you noticed, we have some new paint in here. And then the bathrooms have been painted. The nursery's being painted. The front doors have been painted. The benches have been painted. So, and then the grass is growing in the new park. The grass is growing, and so they were just walking around the church on Friday. Like, I don't even know if they were walking. They were like floating around the church. They were just, they must have hugged me like four or five times. And, um, and just said how excited they are what God is doing here at the church. And I just want to say to Alex and Pam, great job. I mean, you guys are serious about your faith. Much like we're reading in the scriptures today. And you guys have set the tone. You guys have laid this foundation for us to, to really to, to be on and to build on with Jesus. And so I just want to say thank you. Uh, and church, I want to encourage you this week, if you'll do this, um, would you send them a little note? Uh, it could be a text. It could be, again, however, an email. But send Alex and Pam a note and just thank them for all they've done for us. And uh, I was just thinking of them this morning um, while we were, while I was studying in Acts and just said, they have set the tone for us about, be, about being serious in our faith. So do that. Send them a note. In fact, I need to make a note and say, hey, send them a note. I'll try to remember to do that. Because I don't have a pen up here with me because it's not sanitized. So I was like, okay, can't have a pen. Even though I think I've touched every pen in the church. So, All right. Well, the early church, we're in Acts chapter 4. I've said that, but, you know, I want to set this up a little bit. The early church was serious about their faith. They had devoted themselves. When the, when the Holy Spirit showed up in Acts chapter 2, and they were literally shaken from heaven. And they, just everything they experienced, they were changed permanently. And so they devoted themselves. They were committed. They said nothing else matters except for being focused on Jesus and being focused on one another. And so they were committed to learning everything they could about Jesus and about this new life that he offers. You know, Jesus is not just our Savior who saves us from an eternity separated from God, but he offers us life. And so he gives us this brand new life. And so the church back then, and I'm hoping the church today, us, let's say us today, can be focused on this new life. And so they were honored to know everything about it. Jesus, we want to know about you. Jesus, we want to know this new life that you offer and you give. And so they devoted themselves to that. And then the apostles and the teachers were teaching um, and so that was really good. And then, then they devoted themselves to, hey, we're actually going to gather together and be together and encourage one another. Because sometimes when we are so locked up, and right now we've been locked up for three months, and it's worth seeing it, right? It's, it's painful to be separated. So now we see um, here that they're committed to gathering together. And so, hey, they figured, hey, if we're gathering together, we're eating together. And that's one of the best things to do is actually share a meal together and you get to see all kinds of fun, interesting things when people eat. Like, oh, I didn't know they chewed with their mouth open. Um, I was at the Pew Out Fair. We were gathering at the Pew Out Fair a few years ago, hanging out with some friends. We were going to a concert. Someone blessed us with tickets to this concert. And so a bunch of us met early. And so Cleo and I had already grazed 
at the uh, Puyallup Fair. So we'd already had our corn on the cob and the big corn dogs. And, and one of the people got late, was there a little bit late and said, hey, I need to go get something to eat. So we're, I'm studying across from this person. And we're having this, she's having the meal. I don't want to say who this person is. Uh, but they're having their meal. And they take this huge drink of water. And they look at, and they're like talking while they're eating and stuff. And we're just sitting and listening. And then she sneezed right after she took her drink of water. And it went all over the person that was sitting right across from her, which was me. <laughs> and no, no joke, not just like a little mist. I mean, if she had coronavirus, I would have had it like 10 times. Because I was literally, like I had to wipe it off my face. It was thick. It was gross. She didn't even miss a beat. She just kept talking. It was hilarious for her. Um, <laughs> And you, I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. So, but it's cool because we were gathered and we got some paper towels, wiped it all off. We went to a concert. It was a great time with Jesus and to get being together. So they devoted themselves to gathering together and then having meals together. And that's so key. And I know some of the restaurants are beginning to open up. I've even heard rumors um, that a few of you have gone out to restaurants and, and hung out together. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that's really fun. Because there's an encouragement, right? When we gather together, there's an encouragement that comes to that. When we celebrate life together and we're encouraging one another to walk with Jesus, it just helps us, right? It helps us inside. Not just our outside stuff, but it helps us on the inside. And then they committed themselves to, hey, we're going to be people who pray, who actually spend time with God. And this morning, um, Udi is in the house with us. Udi, good to see you. And she is, I call Udi our RCC angel because my office faces the road and Udi comes by almost daily and stands out on the street and praises the Lord and worships right out and she prays for us as a church. And um, Udi's committed to pray. And, and just like the early church, they were committed to pray. So that's the seriousness of what was going on. They were committed to Jesus, learning everything they could about him. They were committed to being together eating together, and then praying together. So huge. So then we move on. And, and we, last week we talked about divine appointments. And Peter and John are walking to church. They're going to go to pray, to gather together. And they have this divine appointment. And this man is healed, a guy that had been disabled for 40 years. And he's healed. And all this great stuff is happening. Everybody's super excited except for the church leaders, which is really interesting for those of us that are church leaders. That well, Sometimes when we see a move of God, if, if God is not using us, sometimes right, we get jealous, right? But no, they were upset. In fact, it says that they were greatly distressed. <laughs> and so they actually arrest John and Peter after all these miracles happen and this man's healed and celebrations going on and this crowd is super excited. They're learning about Jesus. They're giving their lives to Jesus. They arrest Peter and John and actually put them in jail for the night and they don't even know what to do with these guys. And they, because what they say is like, we, we don't, we have no idea. We see, we know this man who is sick. We know this disabled man who's never been able to walk in his whole life. And yet he's healed. He's running into church. He's jumping. He's praising God. We don't know what to do. And so they arrest these two guys. Um, but they also, at the same time, I want you to, in the scriptures, it says, but they recognized their courage. 
that these were just ordinary, that's the word they use, they were unschooled and ordinary men. And yet, God was using them to heal and change people's lives. Stuff that was, they weren't even doing themselves. And so, they arrest these guys, they, they put them in jail overnight, uh, the church is praying, you know, and that, that, all that's happening. They wake up the next morning, they bring him in front of them, so they have all the judges, you know, all the church leaders, and they basically just tell Peter and John, you know what, this is what we're going to tell you to do. You just need to stop. You need to stop telling people about Jesus. And here's the cool thing, their response. Their response was, okay, we have two options. So what I hear you saying, <laughs> let's talk about you know, right now. What I hear you saying is, you, I, you, I need to stop talking about Jesus. And so, they had two responses. They could have stopped. They could have listened to them and stopped. Or they could have listened to God and they could keep doing what they were supposed to be doing, what they were called to do, what they were appointed to do. And so, that's their response. They said, well, we have, we could either listen to you or we can listen to God. What would you have us do? Now, sometimes I read that and you think, oh, maybe, well, because it's Peter, right? Maybe, were they a little brash? But I don't believe they were. I think they were completely humble. I think they just came and said, all right, you're giving us a choice here to listen to you or to listen to what God is telling us to do. The leaders had no idea what to, to say to that, and they just let him go. Um, now, we'll see again as we progress through the book of Acts more arrests, and even to step up some beatings, um, and even some um, executions will happen. Um, the fact is, Peter and John said, we're going to listen to you, God, over what people are telling us to do. That's an interesting topic in today's world right now. And so... I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm going to tell you, would you spend time with God? And would you allow your opinions to be his opinions? Would you allow the things that are going on in your heart to be stirred so you begin to receive the things from his heart? And I believe that was what was going on for Peter and John. They had so much the heart of God that they just walked in courage. They had, they didn't have, there was no identity crisis in them. There was no doubt that Jesus had risen from the dead and that Jesus had charged them to go, and I want you to go, and I want you to change the world. You know, before Jesus would do these miracles and stuff, then he would say, shh, don't tell anybody. But it's interesting, he didn't say that to his disciples. He actually said, I want you to go, and I want you to do all these things. In fact, you'll do more than I even did. And I, I'm really challenged by that, that scripture verse. Yeah, Jesus said that those of us that follow him will actually do more than what he did himself. But the cool thing is we, we know that to be true because he empowered us and filled us with his Holy Spirit. And so we need to spend time with God and so we can continue to be filled and filled with more of him. Because as soon as we step out into the world that we live in, we get drained, right? Poked here. A little drain poked here and then all of a sudden we look like a water balloon with all these little streams coming out and so we need to constantly be filled and that's why it's really important that we spend time with God so that's what's happening to kind of set up 
what's, what's happening here in Acts chapter 4. And so these guys, again, the leaders were greatly distressed. Peter and John had no problem. They went to jail. They were confident, and um, they were warned and then let go. And then we're going to pick it up here in verse 23 in Acts chapter 4, because this is so, this, they leave jail and they show up. They come back to their people, and, uh, and then this is what's going to happen. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen here. And how did the church respond? It's interesting how they responded. So, give you a chance to, uh, to turn to Acts chapter 4, verses, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, when the church, when the people, uh, when they heard this, they raised their voices together to pray, to pray to God. And this is their prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David, our father David. Why do the nations rage? This is actually Psalm 2 that, that they're quoting here in their prayer. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The king of earth rise up and the rulers together against the Lord and against the anointed one. Verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against the holy servant Jesus. Your holy servant Jesus. And this is really uh, awesome because Jesus is the one that you anointed. So he says, they conspired against the holy servant of Jesus whom you anointed. And then verse 28, profound, verse 28. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand would happen. So their response to James and Peter getting released from jail and hearing that, hey, you guys need to stop doing what you're doing, their response was, okay, we need to pray. And we're going to read all kinds of things this morning that, that I'll just speak for myself that are really inspiring and at the same time are extremely convicting because I don't always respond in these ways. When things come my way, do I just say, all right, we need to pray? <laughs> no, usually I just jump out and act and then get knocked down. And then I, I need to say, God, help, help. And then I pray, right? But their res first response is, okay, all right, this is what's happening. We're being told to stop doing what we're doing, to cease and desist. And we need to pray. And we need, God, give it, tell us what you want us to do. Tell us what you want us to do. And so this is what they pray. So they pray and recognize the sovereignty of God, that he is the maker and creator of everything. I just love that. They just start off by saying, sovereign Lord. And so sovereignty just means God is in control of everything. And for those of you that life is going well right now, you're like, okay, that makes sense. But then for those of you that are struggling right now, that are even going through physical things, that's sometimes really hard and challenging to hear. That, So God, you're in charge of everything. And yet, you know, yeah, God is in charge of everything. He is in charge. God is in charge of the good. And he's also in charge of the things that seem to be harmful. I'm not saying God causes those things because the Bible is very clear about that. But he does allow those things. And so... 
I mean, he allowed James and Peter to be arrested. That jail, I'm sure, was not a nice jail. Is there a nice jail? I don't know. Praise the Lord, I haven't been in one yet. I'm hoping that stays the Okay, I hope that stays the same for the rest of my life. But he allowed them to be arrested and allowed them to feel the pressure of standing before um, judges, the church leadership. He allowed all that to happen, but at the same time, he was with them. And so I just want to say, if you're in a hard place this morning, I want you to recognize that God is with you. Um, even just spin, pull away from the things that are happening around you and just recognize that God is with you because he is. God is faithful and he's good, uh, even in the most difficult, difficult circumstances. I think I'm just preaching to myself this morning. I'm just reminding myself of God's goodness and his faithfulness, even in the hard stuff. So they pray, they recognize God's sovereignty but I also thought this was really cool that they actually, when in their prayer, they used scripture to pray. And they quoted out of Psalm 2. And we look way back and filled with the Holy Spirit. They are, now they're empowered, they're enlightened, and they see the word of God. And so now the things that they've been reading like their whole life really make sense. And they can see how it ties into Jesus and and. Jesus' place. And so they read that, they, they say this passage how the world is going to come together against the anointed one. And they see that and that they just saw it happen. They just saw it happen that the church leadership, the Roman leadership, the local leadership, the whole world came against Jesus, the anointed one of God. And they put Jesus to death. It's, it's crazy. So they, they quote scripture here and I just thought, oh man, how often do I pray? And I actually use scripture when I pray. I probably should do that. And then they, in verse 28, they said, they did what your power. So the church is praying and it says they, Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the Romans, and then Israel themselves did what they did, but it was your idea. Isn't that interesting? So they're saying, God, it was your idea for Jesus to come. And to sacrifice himself on our behalf. And so they say, God, this is, they pray God's will. God, your will be done. We're going to pray, but God, your will be done. So that's the three things that they did. They acknowledged God's sovereignty. They prayed scripture. And they talked about God's will, even in the hard stuff. It was God's, God's idea for Jesus to die for us. And then let's pick up in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats. You know, the threats of, hey, you guys need to stop doing what you're doing. Stop talking about Jesus. Consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness and to stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I love this part of this passage because they pray for boldness to do what? Boldness to share truth. God, we want boldness to share the truth about Jesus. Enable your servants to speak your word. This is really key right now, too, for me. Like, as I look at social media, and I'm just going to give you my kind of honest, like right now where I'm at, I've kind of taken a huge step back from social media right now. 
A few of you guys are in the house, and you're like nodding your heads. Because right now what we're seeing on social media is the two extremes. And there's not very many normal people in the middle speaking, right? And so the prayer for them right here, God, give us boldness to speak and to share your word. Not, they prayed for boldness to share their opinions. <laughs> no, opinions didn't matter. What mattered was this. And so can I just say, everything that is going on in our world right now, it's important that we filter what's happening through this, through what God is doing, what God is doing. God is sovereign, right? So what's happening around us is happening, um, and God is either, he's allowing it to happen, right? And so it's happening, um, and we're going to trust him. But it was, I love it. They didn't pray for the boldness to share their opinions and to go do what they wanted to do. They asked for boldness to be able to share the word of truth, to share about Jesus with people. And then they prayed for signs and wonders. They prayed for miracles. But I also love this because they, it doesn't really say specifically, but the way, if you take it in context, I don't believe they're praying for miracles for themselves necessarily. Maybe, you know, hey, Make sure who's being taken care of in the house, yes. But I believe in this passage, they were asking, God, give us, the, allow us to go out and heal and perform miracles for people so that they can, their eyes would be open, their spiritual eyes would be open to see the miraculous power that you have. And they would give their lives to you and they would follow you, Jesus. That's what they're praying for. And so, man, I, again, I read this passage and it's very convicting uh, to me because, and at the same time, it's inspiring because I want to pray prayers like this. I want to pray and, uh, and recognize God's sovereignty. And I want to be able to know his word so well that when I'm praying, that I don't have to like Google that verse. <laughs> but I know that verse and that God like enlightens my heart and my mind because he's given us minds, right? to know those verses and to see situations and apply those verses to those situations. And it's just, that's, I want to pray that. And then I want to pray that his will be done, not our will, not my will, not the will of a city or a country, but God's will be done. That's the types of prayer. And then I want to be able to, to have the boldness to ask for boldness, you know, to pray and just to know that I'm so tight with Jesus. And he says, hey, when we come in his name and we pray his will, we can ask anything. We can ask anything. And so I just love that they just, God, give us the boldness to share. Because I'll just say most of us are, that's what right now, right now, we need to be able to have the boldness to share God's word. And really what God's word for our will today is it's very simple, that, that God loves us that he's made us, that every single human being on planet Earth, back then, right now, and tomorrow on, have been made in his image. We are all image bearers of Jesus. We are all image bearers. Jesus was part of the, the Trinity that, that did the creating, and that they, he created us in their image. In the image of the Trinity, we are created, body, soul, and spirit. Every single one of us. Doesn't matter where we're born, doesn't matter how much money you make, 
doesn't matter what country uh, you're, you're from, doesn't matter the color of your skin, you're, we are all, we are all image bearers of, of God. And so that's the message today, is that we are all image bearers. We are all created in the image of God, and God himself wants relationship with us. And so the church is praying that God give us boldness and then help us to be able to go out and do uh, miracles so people can see. Because a lot of times people have to see with their own eyes. They have to see physically, wow, this guy had been disabled for 40 years. Now he's healed. I want to know more about this, Jesus. So sometimes that has to happen. Not always, but sometimes. In fact, most of the time. Jesus feeds thousands of people. So their physical needs are taken care of so he can meet their spiritual needs. And so that's what I love about World Vision. That's what I love about So Powerful is they meet the physical need right now, right now, what's going on. Clean water, helping keep girls in school, feeding uh, kids in school. And so they have the ability and the right to speak into their lives and tell them about the love of Jesus. So good. So that's what they pray. That's what's happening here. They don't pray that they'd have the boldness, to, again, to share their own opinions, but they pray that they would have the boldness to share the word of God. So that's what we see. And then verse 31, awesome verse. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So, so here's what happened. So they prayed. The room shakes. They are filled again. That means, hey, we can never be filled. I mean, we can never be filled too much. So here's my take on that. I'll take all God wants for me. God, if you want to fill me again, fill me again. Keep me full. Keep me full. I want to be full. I don't want to be walking around empty. So keep me full, Jesus. And then they see the answer to the prayer they just prayed. It says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So they just prayed, God, give us boldness to speak your word. And then as soon as they're done praying, God answers that prayer. Boom. Just like that. So awesome. All right. Now we're going to move into uh, the next part of, the, part of this, uh, this book of chapter 4, verse 32. This is an interesting passage. <laughs> Man, these guys were serious serious about their faith. That, as you, a lot of you, some of you had to turn your pages. Some of you are still looking for your Bibles. Come on, get it already. All right. Um, I did want to read a passage out of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, 6. And this is, um, it just talks about faith. It says this in Hebrews 11, 6, it is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must, one, believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Man, what a great, great verse. That it is impossible to have this relationship with God apart from faith. We must have faith. So that's what I love about this early church. They were serious about their faith. So we're going to see how serious they are. Because they're going to literally, I know literally is a funny word around our church. And we have one guy in our church that's really He's serious about the word literally. He's literally serious about the word literally. And so they are literally right here in this passage going to put their money um, where their faith is. And so, again, 
super challenging passage in our world today, in our capitalist society today. Super challenging passage. But at the same time, when I read this passage, it's super inspiring at the same time. And so um, what I pray is, God, get, show us how to do this. Show us how to live like this. All right, verse 32. <laughs> oh, man. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them, or them all. Not just in some of them, but in all of them. That there were no needy, God was moving so much that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money uh, from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, um, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Can you imagine walking into a room? Every time you walk in a room, hey, here's Joseph. You know, and that's his whole title. They just rattle that off everywhere he goes. He's probably like, you know what, just call me Joseph. Um, you don't need to tell me, tell everybody that I'm from Cyprus, that I'm a Levite, that some people call me Barnabas, which also means son of encouragement, you know. Just call me Joseph. But Joseph sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. And, you know, when I read this passage and I, <laughs> I just think, man, that sounds like a bunch of hippies to me, you know. You know, you're just kind of, we're just going to come together and camp and we're going to just share everything. And, and that was kind of like my, sometimes my first thought, like, you know, a bunch of hippies. But you know what it sounds like to me? And, I, and some of you in the room, some of you are watching, it sounds like a mission trip to me. <laughs> because those of you that have been on an RCC mission trip, um, you know, and it's just so sad that we had to cancel this year's trip and you know, I'm working behind the scenes about some other stuff. I'm just letting you know. We're just praying. Um, but when we go on mission trips, we literally just leave everything. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's your hammer? Take it. You know, everybody has what they need on those trips. It's just amazing. And we spend that whole week. We're serving together. We're working together. We're cooking meals together. We're hanging out together. You know, some people have way more money than others. You know, some people have different skill levels, and yet we're all doing it together. So some people are learning how to use saws for the very first time. So some people are learning to actually step back and not be the busybody, and to learn from those and to step back and say, I want to give opportunity for somebody else. And I believe that's kind of, that's what's happening here. And after a week on a mission trip, it's incredible because nobody wants to go home because it is just I mean we are being the early church on those trips and I, I believe that there's got to be a balance even in our separate you know we go home we do our work we come together for an hour and 20 minutes on Sundays you know some of us hang out during the week there's got to be a balance that's why like next next Saturday when we get to get, yeah, we're going to work. We're going to pull weeds. We're going to move gravel. We're going to rake stuff. Um, but we're also just going to be together. To me, that's the most important, that we get to be together. And, and then, yeah, we're going to get to eat together. Bakhtiar is going to have his walked 
thing, barbecue from Kazakhstan, and he's going to cook up this huge meal. And, you know, don't come, because then I'll just eat it all. It'll be great. No, but no, come. I hope we run out, and we never run out. But come and just be part, and let's, let's be the early church. Let's get together and, and do this. And it says that no one had need. In that group, nobody had need that they took care of one another. And I'm just going to say, if you're watching or if, even if you're here and you have need, you need to let us know. We want to be able to walk alongside you and, and help you just do whatever needs to be done. Now, if you come to me and say, man, I, I really need that BMW. I'm going to ask you to go pray again. And uh, you might need it probably can't help you with that one but you know if you come to me and say you know what we just can't feed our family right now you know we're having a hard time buying gas so i can go to work and we we don't want that on our watch we want to be able to be part we want to be part of this right and so i want to encourage you let us know right now it's hard because we can't gather and so sometimes we're, we're kind of distanced and some of some of us right now are feeling so isolated that it's starting to affect us like depression is, is settling, and I've talked to several people um, inside the church and then outside the church that it's a struggle right now. And so just the fact that we need to be able to gather together. And so that's what they were doing here. They were gathering together. They were of one heart and mind. Uh, another word for that is harmony. And I don't know if you're a musical person at all, um, but, you know, it takes up different notes to make up a chord. And so... Um, Brandon, can you come up on the piano real quick? There's, we actually have a few people in the house this morning, and, and, uh, but we are socially distanced. My stuffed animal friends are still over here. I moved them, so instead of being right here in front of me to give me something to look at, they're moved over to the side, except for Tigger is that next to Ben. So the chord of G takes up three notes. Well, obviously G, but to, to make it a full chord, to make it sound full, like just give me a single G note. See, that sounds nice, but it's all by itself. So in, to, in order to make it a full sound, a full chord, you have to add a B and you have to add a D. And then when you play them all together, really cool. It's called harmony. So that's what was happening here. They were living in harmony. So I want you to try it. So if you're sitting on this side of the room, you're going to hold, um, actually, no, I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it easy. You guys are going to have the hard note. Okay. If you're sitting in the front half of this room, you're going to hold a G note. Okay. So just that. So just hum with me. And if you're at home, join me. Okay. Get your kids going. Okay, so give me a G. Okay, all right. And then if you're standing behind this row, you guys back there, you're going to do B. And some of you are like, no, I'm not. Okay, give me a B. And then you guys are going to be the D, okay, over here. All right. Okay, the loud guy was Eric, just letting you know, okay? <laughs> Mr. Choir Boy back there. Anyways, okay, so now we're going to do it all together. So give me the G. Give me the B. Give me the D. 
Wow. Very nice. Very nice. I've always wanted to do the choir thing. Like, and done. Okay, good. That sounded really cool together. And it, you had that single note. So sometimes we're just these single notes being plunked through life. And it's, God's using us, and it's still good. There's nothing like being together and having that harmony of all these different people, but yet we're the same. We're the one. When we come together, we make this beautiful sound. And that's what was happening in this passage. They were so focused on just taking care of one another and so focused on just learning and God just being with, with, with one another, being with God, and then just spending time like we're going to devote. This is what's going to be our focus. We're not going to focus on the things of this world. We're going to focus on the supernatural. And that's, again, one of the challenging things in this passage because it says, you know, even some of them, they had land, they had property, they had whatever. They would sell it and bring it back and say, hey, we're, gonna, we're in this together. I don't need that extra house. I don't need that extra land. Um, and I'm going to sell it and so we can be together and take care of one another. That was huge. You know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And when we do that, everything else will be taken care of. And in that passage in Matthew 6, it's really talking about worry. As human beings, we worry about what we have. Will we have it tomorrow? We worry about all those things. And Jesus said, don't worry about this stuff. And it's hard. I know I have a house. I have a car. You know, I, I know sometimes it's, you just, we worry about that. I worry about my grass. I want my grass to look nice. You know, and I'm, I just thatched this week and, oh man, it's brutal. Um, I want the stuff to be nice, right? But Jesus said, don't worry about that stuff. And, and the early church said, not, we're not going to focus. We're not going to focus on that stuff. We're going to focus on Jesus and we're going to focus on being together. We can't take this stuff with us. Okay, Jesus says that he's preparing a place for us. It's not the place that I'm in right now. And for some of us, you're like, bummer, because I have a nice house. Not my house, your house. I have a good house. I like it. Um, but some of you are like, I can't wait for my new house. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to have a place, right? So true. They were focused. They were focused on being together as the church. So they were divinely shaken. They were Holy Spirit-filled, and they were Jesus-focused. So, so, so good. That's, that's where we need to be. I want us to be um, divinely shaken. And I believe, like, right now, what's going on in our world, I believe there's this shaking going on. And I, and I do believe that God allows these things to happen. Um, and it, I hope it's strengthening our faith and not discouraging us. If you're discouraged this morning, um, I want you to pray and I want you to ask God for new eyes to see what's going on and I hope that in the midst of what's going on you'll be encouraged that you'll be encouraged because God is with you and he's with us and then be filled just continue to be filled uh, by his presence that means you have to come as you are to him as we sing about this morning you have to come to him he's always with us he is always with us in fact I'm trying to change the way I pray because sometimes I'll pray and I'll invite Jesus. I just want you to know that you're invited here or please come. And, and the Lord is just says, I'm always with you. Now, I think the invitation to say, all right, Jesus, I know you're here. God, I invite you to open my eyes to see you, do what you do. I think that's huge. 
And so, divinely shaken, Holy Spirit filled, but then we got to be focused on Jesus, right? Focused on his kingdom, what he's doing. Focused on, hey, it, the things on this earth really don't matter. We are only here for a moment. And then we're off into eternity and beyond. Okay, all right. Okay, I just had to say it. Just had to say it, sorry. Um, but yeah, we're off into eternity. And so, I mean, I think the key thing for us is where are we going to spend eternity? You know, this world is not our home. We're just literally just passing through. And so where are we going to spend eternity? If your heart's focused on Jesus and you've seen Jesus and in the scriptures and you're like, okay, I want to give my life and I want to follow you, then the Bible says that we get to go to heaven. We have eternal life in him. But if we reject Jesus, if we say, I don't care about any of this spiritual stuff, but I'm just going to live on my, for myself and the one who dies with the most toys wins, that whole mentality, then the Bible does say that we live for eternity separated from God. And I, it's a pretty brutal description in the scriptures. I'm just going to say there's just no God there. And I can't even imagine a place without the presence of God. So can I just invite you to say yes to Jesus this morning, just wherever you are in your world, and, and, uh, and be serious about your faith, just like the early church. They were serious, serious about their faith. And so, so some of you in the house, and so I'm kind of getting used to standing up again while I'm sharing and not falling over. I'll show you when we gather together. I have a picture of the platform thing I had in here. Um, and you can all laugh at me together. I want you guys to be able to laugh at me together. And so uh, I'll show you that. Um, so I'm kind of getting used to this whole church thing again. So for those of you in the house, I want to invite you to stand with me and we're going to pray. <laughs> so my prayer, church, is that just like in Acts chapter 4, they were all in. I mean, 100%. And that's the key word right now. Everybody said 100%. They were 100% in on their faith. And so that's my prayer, that we would be a church and that would be individuals that are all in, divinely shaken, Holy Spirit-filled, and Jesus-focused, of one heart and one mind. Can you imagine what would Fairwood in our community look like if we gathered and we were of one heart and one mind? No more division, no more separation, no more prejudice, no more racism. We are of one heart and one mind. Now, it's, it's a miracle. And so what we're going to pray is we're going to pray for that miracle. Pray for boldness, just like the early church did, for, the, for those of us that know him, to be able to share the good news of Jesus, but also pray for the miraculous so people would be able to see. So I invite you to pray with me this morning. So God, that is, that is our prayer. We recognize you as sovereign God, as ruler of all, the maker of heavens and earth. And God, we also recognize you as the one who sent your son for us, Jesus. We recognize that even in the hard part, that Jesus had to come and die. Death is hard. That it was your plan because you love your creation so much. The ones that you've made, each one of us, as your image bearers. You love us so much that you sent Jesus. So, Lord, I pray for the church. RCC, yes. The churches around us, the churches in the other states, the churches around the world, yes. God, I pray for your church. God, that we would be of one heart. 
that we would be of one mind. And Lord, I pray, would you give us boldness to be able to share not our opinions, but your word, your word with one another and with the world that needs it. And then, God, I pray for, the, for signs and wonders. God, not for our glory. No, not even close. But God, for your glory, that people would see and turn their eyes towards you, just like the man who got up and who was healed. And he ran into church, jumping, hopping, shouting, and praising you because his physical life was changed. And now, at the same time, you healed him spiritually. God, we pray for that spiritual healing right now in Jesus' name, that people would be touched from the inside, from the inside. And Lord, we know that when you work on us on the inside, our outsides change and our outsides actions will follow what you're doing on the inside. So Lord, that's what I pray for this morning. Not that our outside actions would change without a, without a move from you from in the inside. We pray for a deep moving of your spirit on the inside. God, shake us, move us, fill us, and help us to keep our eyes on you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I heard Dana has a really quick announcement, and we don't, do we have a microphone that he can be on? Okay. Hey, um, thank you, PK, so much for letting me just jump up here real quick. Um, when we come together, uh, like we just heard in the book of Acts, when we come together and um, do things, especially for those that can never pay us back for that action, that just brings us so close to the heart of God. And this church has been so about that. PK described the mission trips, and not everybody can go, not everybody can be on those. But occasionally we can bring that to ourselves. And I wanted to let you know that as um, one of the great ministries here at that RCC supports is so powerful, um, as you know, it's a community in Zambia where we work to um, keep girls in school who uh, have no way, it's a weird topic to talk about, but have no way to, con to, uh, to manage their uh, menstrual cycle, their period, and so they stay home, they miss school. And so what we do is we have a team of seamstresses that sew reusable feminine hygiene products for those girls. And uh, that's, this is what is sewn in Africa, but all around the world, actually, um, much of it in the United States, but around the world, uh, seamstresses sew beautiful purses and send them in here to our church, to RCC. They come from all over the world, and those purses go to Zambia so that reusable menstrual hygiene uh, supplies can be put in those purses and given to girls so they can go to school all month long. Sounds like a weird, simple thing to us in America, but to them is actually life-changing. We right now at the church in the modular have 8,000 purses that have been sent in by these people all around the world. On Wednesday night, this Wednesday, at four, actually Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m., we're going to have a live stream event here in the church where we are going to thank by name each and every person that sent in a box, an envelope, a container, whatever they did, to thank them uh, personally for the purse that they sent in. We're going to have a big pile up here on the stage. A lot of you guys have been here for that before. And that's going to be at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Now, ordinarily, what we would do is we would thank them, and then those purses would, those boxes would immediately be opened. We'd have, you know, 75 people here in the room, and we'd process them, uh, put them in plastic bags, make sure they had a beautiful note for the girl, and then uh, put them in a shipping box so they could go to Zambia. Well, we can't do that with COVID. Um, 
So we're going to have some plans to have smaller groups and smaller gatherings here at the church to be able to process those purses so we can get them ready to go to the girls. One of the things I was thinking about and what did I want, why I wanted to jump up here, and PK, again, thank you for letting me do that. There's a work day uh, this Saturday on the 20th, and some of you may be at home thinking, man, I'd love to, but I can't rake gravel, I can't cut trees, I can't whatever. Um, but if you can sit at a table and put a purse in a plastic bag and get it ready to go to a girl in Zambia. We will set up some workstations that'll be well-spaced. Some of them can maybe be out on the basketball court. It's supposed to be a nice day. And it would be great for those of you that just say, man, I will come, I'll bring my kids and I'll do that. And uh, so many of us could be here pitching in and working on that. So uh, again, I want to remind you Wednesday at four o'clock, it's on the So Powerful Facebook page the live stream, if you want to see that, that's going to be Wednesday at four. And then Saturday, we'll have an opportunity for those of you to come and process some purses and hang out and be very, very, so, uh, you know, uh, spaced appropriately, but it would be awesome. So you want any final words you want me to take us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Come get your ice cream. Come get your popcorn. Once you everybody jumping in the cars, come on over and we'll have some smiling faces behind the face masks. And love you guys a lot, man. We'll see you soon, okay? Have a great Sunday.